What did it say, Kyle? Be corny and fries. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Cave. I'm your host, Robbie Clark. That's my co-host. That's Kyle Galuli. That's an open door because we have a special guest behind us. Her name is Jackie May, and she's so darn cute. You have some eye boogers, though. It makes you kind of ugly when you get frustrated. <laughs> Damn. Roasting. Well, Kyle, I don't know how happy you were, but I was so thrilled for football on Sunday. I have one complaint and oh. one complaint only. What is it? The 430 slate game should not have been the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. It should have been the Los Angeles Chargers and the Oakland Raiders on CBS. And mind you, like, if the Cardinals match somewhat with the Chiefs' intensity, then maybe I wouldn't be as complaining as much, but I would have much rather seen the Chargers and the Raiders a 24-19 victory for the Chargers. And yeah, it's, a, it's always a good time seeing, like, the Raiders faithful showing out in L.A., and making the no- much noise as possible. It's got to suck for the Rams and the Chargers being in L.A. because they're still trying to grow a fan base there. Let's be honest. L.A.'s a Lakers city, followed by the Dodgers. And from there, you can argue whoever else is going to be from there, whether it's help, maybe even the Sparks have more of an audience, the WNBA team. Maybe the Kings have more maybe. of an audience. Who knows? But we know for sure L.A. is a Laker than Dodger town. thousand percent. Well, we got an active chat here today. I, I appreciate everybody coming out and supporting. <laughs> we got an active chat today. We got Zach in here. Zach, I'm sure, was absolutely thrilled. I'm sure at one point he was sitting on eggshells, nervous as hell, watching that Browns-Panthers game. We got a lot to break into. But what I'm going to ask the chat first is do they want us to go over a week one recap or shall we get right into it and see who is in the lead for our picks? Robbie, turn your mic on. This. Son of a bitch. I'm going to punch this laptop in its goddamn face. Zach, you're a jerk. He lied to me. You know, you know, Zachary, you know what? There's a special place for you, buddy, in your new future. You know what that place is, Kyle? Hell. little harsh but you know no 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 it's the absolute truth it's the absolute truth he deserves everything that comes to him anyways before zachary completely i I can't turn it up it's a webcam this is broken kyle i'm trying here man i really am i hope you understand i am well let's see there's no answer so you know what kyle why don't we just go ahead and look at the picks? Because we're going to recap week one anyway, so we might as well go through all the scores. We might as well – I don't need this. That's our my standings prediction. Where the hell is the other paper? Janice. Yeah, I think mine's in another room. Do you have it? <laughs> I have, you have Here it is. Do you have what okay. I sent to you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I wrote down – I didn't mark specifically your records, but I counted the tally from what you sent me, and I have – the necessary numbers. Oh, we have a Charlie presence as well. This is probably the last show at the house for a while, unless they go on another vacation. Um, let's see. Let me get the scores up for the NFL week one games. As obviously we're concluding tonight in Seattle as Russell Wilson returns back home to face off against the Seattle Seahawks, facing the 12th man for the first time as an opponent. And the guy who's raising the 12th man flag is former linebacker KJ Wright. Ooh. Okay, so, Kyle, we were both wrong on Thursday. 
boy, oh, were yeah. we ever wrong. We haven't even got oh, a chance yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> the Bills absolutely demolished the Rams. I had the Rams 30-27, but it ended up being a Bills 31-10 victory. You also had the Rams. And watching that game, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I think people are jumping a little overboard right now with Josh Allen's performance. I thought his performance wasn't the best. I think he really turned it on in the second half. But in the first half, both teams consistently turned over the ball. And Josh Allen did get off to a great uh, start the first drive. But from there, it was it was a, a roughy hill to climb until he reached the second half. The Rams, um, with the exception of Cooper Cup, nothing else. Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, everybody else was a non-factor, especially Allen Robinson. And I'm going to give you the guy who deserves the most, most credit for being absolutely, absolutely oblivious. Jalen Ramsey. We've never seen Jalen Ramsey play that poor in his career. Yeah, he was terrible. He was absolutely atrocious. And it's not like he was cov- He was on one side of the field covering his zone. He, he was terrible all over, Kyle. Terrible all oh, over. Oh, yeah. I think he was like gave up a perfect passer rating yes. when targeting him. Yes. Like he was bad. Like even that, uh, the touchdown to Stefan Diggs where he like kind of fell back into the end zone. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what Ramsey was on. Maybe he assumed he had help, maybe, or maybe there was a busting coverage or whatever it was. It didn't look good for him. It was not a good night. No, you're going to see that pro football focus go from a number one to maybe like a number three or four. You're going to see it drop off at, at some sort of percentage. It was terrible. And the Bills, Von Miller has made a complete Ooh. difference to that front seven, and all it took was him. Shit, you ain't wrong. Going back and looking at the stats, he had two sacks, three tackles for losses. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they had seven sacks total. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it's line was not off. good by any stretch of the imagination for the Rams. I mean, they're definitely missing Whitworth's leadership and presence. Oh, a thousand percent. But they're that pass rush that the Bills got is tough because, I mean, if all you got to do is really send four, maybe five occasionally, it's going to be tough throwing against that team, especially once they get Tredavious White back too. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Von Miller, like I said, two sacks. Uh, I think his first name is Gregory Russo, but last name Russo had one sack. Uh, Jordan Phillips had one and a half sacks. Um, last name uh, Basham had one sack. Uh, Espen, Espenza, he I remember he's like, I think, I believe, first round pick a couple years back, had one and a half sacks. So it's like, good luck. Good luck going against him. Von Miller's playing like, going to be playing like that this whole season. That defense is only going to be getting better. He He's the first. Uh player in the Bills to have 100 career sacks since some point in the 90s. Like, that's how long the Bills have had someone, like, make that much of a difference. The last person I could think of that the Bills brought in that thought was they were going to make a difference on defense was Mario Williams, and it didn't work out with Mario Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good-sized uh, disappointment. All right. So we both took a fat L there. I took a W here, and you took your fat L. You went with your heart and not your brain, and with my brain and not my heart as the Patriots end up losing. To the Miami Dolphins, I believe the final score was 20-7. to Kyle, and I'll tell you why, because I know you're going to get to your whole elaborate situation, so let me dumb it down for people. I'm not going to blame the offense. I think there were a lot of missed calls by the officials. A lot of missed calls. I think the Devontae Parker end zone play was absolutely a a P.I. and should have been ball on the the one-yard line. It was a missed call. A lot of fucking holding. There's nothing you could do there. All right. Defensively, Bill Belichick and – I think it's just Belichick and his son 
they made a big mistake in their game plan. They were too busy covering the deep route because they were afraid of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle taking off. But you got to make two at least try. We've seen the videos in practice. We've seen it in the preseason. He continues to throw them short, and Tyree Kill saved him of getting an interception. Oh, and yeah. the game plan on defense was atrocious. Mac Jones had the lowest amount of time across every quarterback in the NFL as it came to getting rid of the football. I believe it was less than three seconds and only 3% of time he had more than that. And the hit looked absolutely scary. And thank God the reports came out today that there's no serious injury to his back and he'll be okay. Last thing I want to mention too, Mac Jones has to read the defense better. He did not get a good read the defense at all. And these are all things that he's still going to learn. It's year two. Last thing I want to mention, because I'm hearing all over radio today, the Patriots are not done. Kyle, how many times have we seen the Patriots get off to a slow start in September, including last year? I'm not worried one bit. It's week one. They're still trying to implement Devontae Parker. I liked how there was a couple plays made for John Smith. I'm not worried about the Patriots going forward. And I think Matt Patricia and Joe Judge didn't do that bad of a job calling plays on the offense. Uh, that whole thing with the Matt Patricia and Joe Judge is, to me gives, gives me some worry, but I just felt like yesterday, the game started off, like we said, it was the first drive. They were moving right down the field with relative ease. The offense looked better than it did at all during any preseason drive. And then there's a throw to Devontae Parker and was it Byron Jones? Pretty clearly held him. I don't think I think Byron Jones is out for the first four weeks. Might have been Xavier Howard. Yeah, yeah. But the refs, you know, apparently, you know, were blind as shit and didn't see a damn thing. And then, of course, there's the lucky bounce off that and then to an interception. And then there goes the first drive just down in the fucking tubes. And then after the other uh, play that really, really, like, really, really pissed me off was the touchdown to Jalen Waddle, although in fantasy, I liked it. But fourth and seven, you have three people around the guy and it's just. If it's a completion, okay, whatever. But the fact that no one tackled him, they all kind of stopped and didn't do anything was like, what the hell are we doing here? And then after that, it was, you know, they had they had chances. They kept kind of getting the ball back, you know, and just wouldn't do anything. It was just, it was just, it was bad. I really think they kind of, you know, kicked themselves in the asses and really screwed themselves. I mean, you had what the fumble by um Nelson Aguilar, which oh. I I heard. I heard about, but I don't know if you listened to the um. Oh my God, what's it? The uh, it's a podcast on uh, NBC uh, Sports. That's um Tom Curran does it. No. He was uh talk. He was talking uh with some one of the guys he had on there, and they said, you know, um, Kendrick Bourne played two snaps. So one snap he played, and then he thought he was going back in, or we went to sidelines, and then thought he was going back in, or whatever. And then he got he got like five yards onto the field, and Troy Brown, when I believe it was the wide receivers coach, waved him back. And then that very play, that next play, is a Nelson Aguilar fumble. And it's just that fumble can kill the Patriots. Just just like – it was just very frustrating because it was, to me, a very, very winnable game. Very winnable. But they just kept biting themselves in the ass. It's just like when they had Brady winning in Miami was always tough. Winning in Denver, always tough. It was – just frustrating, but like you said, they were so worried about the speed. It was the short and, and intermediate passes were wide open all yep. game. Yep, and, and it was very annoying. This brings to a to four and zero all time against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. 
one impressive start, and you have to give Tua a lot of credit in this game. There were some throws that were not made the way they should have been thrown, but he made some big throws when needed, and the connection with him and Tyreek Hill looks pretty damn strong. And if you ask me, Tyreek Hill, I know it's only week one. I think it's the best he's ever looked. Mm, I feel like that's a little bit of a a little bit of a stretch. I don't think but... so because a lot of people, when we look at Tyreek Hill, we know that Patrick Mahomes was literally like, fuck it, where is he? And he's going to throw it 59 yards downfield. Tyreek Hill's going to get it. We got to see more of Tyreek Hill's footwork and his ability as a runner with someone less significant as Patrick Mahomes. Tua Tagovailoa is not a top 20 quarterback, but Tyreek Hill made him look top 15 on Sunday. Yeah, it's just the thing is with that team, you so got to worry about the speed with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. It was just very frustrating game. But like you said, I'm not really panicking about it because last year they started off one and three, then they went on that really, really good run. You know, and ended up making playoffs. So not the obviously the most ideal way you want to start the year because you really didn't look that good. But like you said people are thinking, oh, yep, doom and gloom. It's just it's one game. It's well, not the end of the but the thing is, Mac Jones may not play against play. Steelers. That's kind of up in the air. These have potential play. for it. But, you know, like I said, after seeing that injury or the hit that he took and hearing about the potential injury, it did have me worried. But he said it came back negative to X-ray. Yeah. Did, so I was like, okay, best case scenario. Yeah, and I guess they said that, that, that he's feeling fine happening. today, so I'm not worried one bit. But uh, I wonder if the chat should have to worry with a potential Steve and my father back and forth in the chat. Steve has asked him, how does it feel to know your season is over? At least you won't be let down in the playoffs again. Good question. I'm sure my dad will come up to rebuttal very soon. We both got this one right. We had the Saints over the Falcons, but boy, was it close. The Saints, sorry, the Falcons, they really know how to blow leads, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just in their it's just in their DNA at this point, Kyle. Like, like let me see. What was the most they were up? 26 to 10 with most of the fourth quarter left. Way to yep. go, Falcons. Yep. And Jameis Winston brought them all the way back. And Michael Thomas has made fantasy owners have a deep. I'm right there with it. Save me. me. Well, it saved me at one point until we'll we'll get to what really fucked me over. Um, We both took a fat L here. The Steelers defeat the Bengals 23 to 20. And the defense came out absolutely giving Joe Burrow nightmares. Joe Burrow couldn't find absolutely dick. Until the fourth yeah, quarter, I it, mean, it was it was, bad. it was bad. Yeah, I had I have him in the, in another fantasy league I'm in, and I kept looking at one point he had negative points for me, like yeah. almost negative two, and I think he finished about like eighteen to nineteen points yeah. for me. So I'm thinking if he didn't have maybe even half those turnovers, you know, we're probably looking at twenty to twenty two, and it's just like that game was. One of more ridiculous games I, I've seen because I went to a sports bar with some friends and you kept seeing like the end of the game. There was a, a group of Steelers fans, a couple of Bengals fans. There was like ridiculous catches by uh, what Deontay Johnson was one. Deontay the Jamar, Johnson and the, the, Jamar and Chase. That, Jam- that I was Jamar just Chase like, one that didn't get shit. caught that wasn't completed. Yeah, Man, yeah was it, it was close. It was wild. Then there, I know it's going to be a meme of uh of um Jamar Chase on side going like that. Like after the miss, the miss extra point. Yeah, yeah, the block. It was yep. just absolutely wild game, but good first week of football, and that was a fun ass game so far. And then the Bears upset the 49ers, and I get the conditions were absolutely atrocious, Kyle. But there's no reason to me that the 49ers should have lost this game. They were up ten to nothing, and your defense is better than their offense. Oh, I, I, I just uh, can you hear me well? Yeah, I can. Okay. One sec. 
Let me close this down over here. Hopefully this will help. Um, I, I think the thing with Justin Fields at the end of the game was, like, pretty cool, but, like, you're only 1-0, kid. Like, you got to simmer down. Him and a bunch of people on offense did a slip and slide, and then he got up and he flexed after the win. Yeah. Quick, uh, yeah, feelings. That's because if you look at, I know, like you said, terrible conditions, his stats really weren't that great. I know it's really bad conditions. He made that really one, that one good play, you know, where he's kind yeah, of where he threw it around. across the field. Yeah. yeah, to Dante Pettis, but like, yeah, it's like, and kind of simmered down a little bit. You're feeling yourself maybe very early. How <laughs> short of a leash do you think Trey Lance is on? They can't get off to. I mean, I know it's only week one, but you can't afford. How do you only get ten points against the fucking Bears? I'd say well, I think some of it too having George Kittle or not having George Kittle really bit him in the ass because in the but game like this, I don't think like it this, makes a significant yeah. difference though. I mean, we're talking so big on Trey Lance that he could do all these things that Jimmy G can't, and Jimmy G definitely isn't as athletic as Trey Lance, but he knows how to control the tempo of a football game. He can read the defenses quite well, and he leads his team to victories. Yeah, honestly, I think they give him probably four four games unless he is really playing absolutely god awful but i would give him four games and then you ev- you evaluate there all right we have the eagles who have 38 to 35 victory against the detroit lions the lions i think we we saw a lot of heart and resilience from this team the only thing that's really going to screw this team over is defense with the exception of aiden hutchinson they really don't have anything else to work with on defense the offense however Jared Goff looked pretty damn good, and DeAndre Swift could be arguably the best running back in football. We have to give him, after that performance, Kyle, he's up there. He's up there with some of the better running backs in football. If you got him in the second round of fantasy, you should be grateful. He looked explosive. Yeah, and if you're looking at A.J. Brown's stats, the Eagles are thinking, thanks, Titans. Thanks for being completely dumb as shit in trading us one of the best wide receivers in the league. 10 catches, 155 yards. And I'm pretty sure Devonta Smith got like damn near nothing because he was on my bench and he didn't have any stats. I'm so I think he played. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Maybe he just wasn't targeted, but like still put up 38 points. I mean, that was impressive. Very, very impressive game. Devonta sure. Smith got four targets. Or did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it went and AJ I, Brown, Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Zach Pascal. And yeah. other than that, it was a bunch of running between Sanders and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had 90 rushing yards with Sanders, 96. Yeah, and DJ Chark's a touchdown uh, towards the end of the game there. If he could provide that along with St. Brown, what Jamal Williams and DeAndre Schiff can give, along with uh, TJ Hawkinson, a tight end, that offense can be a, a pretty big pain in the ass. That's for sure. So it opens up the potential. DJ Chark is word. on the lines. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't even yeah, know this. Yeah, he was a, I believe, a free a free agent. They signed him to like a like a one year deal. Like he wanted a multi year deal, and everyone was like, nope. "Yeah, he played on Jags and did shit." So that's a no for me. But uh, Ravens defeat the Jets twenty four to nine. It started really shaky and slow for the Ravens, and I really think maybe if Zach Wilson played this game, there could have been a difference. But I'm not gonna go all on a limb and say they would win this game because Joe Flacco also didn't have much time to work with as the Ravens defense was plowing through the Jets offensive line. Not to mention too, there wasn't a big Garrett Wilson sighting. If you're going to take the kid in the first round, why don't you utilize him right now? We're seeing a lot of coaching woes 
again, for the Jets, the defense looked pretty good, and Sauce Gardner only allowed one reception for like seven or eight yards. So what did you say the defense did? Because it cut out for a split second. The Ravens defense went through the Jets offensive line like like a train, like nothing could stop it. Just like Zach Wilson threw his mom's friend? You're really on that. Does it does it fascinate you that Zach Wilson is a couple years younger and likes to fuck moms? Hey, more power to you. Can do as you please. I think right? I think you're. I think you found your new idol. Well, my, one of my uh, team names is uh, Book of More Moms and Fantasy. Yeah, Kyle's definitely into moms. So moms that are listening. <laughs> Kyle's interested. It was. In it was. It was funny. It's all right. You said that. You said it. So I had to. I. Yeah, but that that flow or flow, yeah, that's a word. That throw that uh the that uh Lamar Jackson made on was like a fifty five yard touchdown. That was a beautiful throw. That was a goddamn impressive throw. If you if you can get those receivers to start working more, make up for you know Hollywood Brown not being there. I mean, it's good because maybe you mentioned Rashad Bateman needs to come up big for the Ravens and he had that 55 yard touchdown catch yep. and Devin Dubonnet, a 17 yard touchdown catch along with a 25 yard, you yep. know, touchdown catch. Like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me right there. That's, that's pretty God, pretty goddamn good. Not a, obviously a beautiful game from the Ravens. Cause it was looking a little sketchy there, but picked it up when you needed to. Oh yeah. Um, so we, right now we are, let's see. <clears throat> We got two wins in – no, we got four wins and two losses right now. Here's a win for me, and here's an L for you. The Commanders defeat the Jaguars 28-22 as Carson Wentz finishes with four touchdowns. Yeah. I was I was honestly a little surprised at how good Carson Wentz played, but damn, impressive stuff by him. Ain't going ain't gonna to complain about that. The Browns, I know Zach's probably here listening. The Gra- the Browns hit the game-winning field goal as Baker Mayfield almost had a comeback of the ages, but it came just short in the final seconds as the Browns kicked the game-winning field goal and advanced to 1-0 and the Panthers 0-1. I'm not putting I- any blame on Baker Mayfield for this game, Kyle. I'm putting okay. the blame on Matt LaFleur and the offensive coordinator. It felt like they were consistently running the same routes over and over and over and over and Matt Rule. Yeah, so I said Matt Rule in the offensive coordinator. You said Matt LaFleur. Oh, excuse me. 19. I'm drunk off of Pepsi, apparently. Yeah, um, I like that sometimes. And, and I, like I said, this is the last year we're going to see Matt Rule as the head coach for the Panthers. But Baker Mayfield and Robbie Aniston started to connect late on in the game, and they almost had an amazing comeback. It came just short. How pissed do you think – Baker Mayfield was when they had that when they made that field goal because he probably thought on a scale one to ten. Do you want me to make a? Yeah, I think it was probably a ten. Four billion. Yeah, because he was probably so happy, like we're gonna win. He was probably ready to give it his all, just stick it to him, and they made it. He probably when they once he was by himself after the game was over, he was probably screaming up a storm. That's for sure. Uh, Zach likes to measure kickers' private areas, apparently. Okay, then. I guess it's uh, 13 inches. Intriguing. I would never guess. I would never know. Nor did I really need to know. So thank you, Zachary. Mm-mm-mm. Texans and Colts will be tied here. That doesn't go down as an L, Kyle. We're an official tie. 20 to 20. What the fuck, Colts? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Texans, I, I, the Texans, they won. They won, like because moral victories. Yes, yes. Like that is just ter- it's sad that the AFC South is a share of the lead because both teams are tied. Yeah, I remember I saw that. Yeah, where none of the teams in that division won. It's just one of the guy or one of the guys I went to the sports bar with in the, this uh, pool I'm in. Uh, picked the Colts, and he was because he thought easy victory. You're playing against a, a lot of team. people like in the survivor pools. Pick the Colts. How pissed yeah. you, can we get a redo? Can we start in week two? Yeah, I'm just like, that's just bad. I'm like, when I saw that they were down 20 to three, because it was kind of, it was off to his uh, TV, I was off to the side, so it wasn't like right there for us to see, but I kept kind of peeking over. I'm like, you're down 20 to three to the the Texans, but mm-hmm. the one thing that's sh- that's surprising is OJ Howard two t- two touchdowns, yeah. two touchdown yeah. catches. I think he was released by the by the Bills because he by went Bills, to yeah. them in, in the offseason after uh, leaving the Bucks. It's just like maybe they're you know they're kind of regretting it, but I mean, goddamn, Jonathan Taylor thirty one carries, one hundred sixty one yards rushing. Holy shit, is he good? Mm-mm-mm. So Dad thinks there should be zero ties in football. What do you think? Well, the thing is, in regular season, you're not going to keep playing until someone wins. That's the only problem. Because in other sports like hockey, you have the shootout where eventually someone's going to win. And I mean, basketball, technically, you could play it for forever, you know. But I'll be honest, if I went to a a football game and there was a tie, I'd want my money back. It's a waste of my time. I I know this sounds stupid. I'd rather see my team lose than a tie because it's just like, what a waste of my money. Literally, bleh. It's the same reason why like, I hate watching soccer when it, you know, it can end in a tie because it waste my fucking time if it ends in a tie. Well, again, I think that's why they change it for the playoffs because in the regular season, you can't have these guys continue to play overtime like crazy. You know how many injuries you're going to get? No, oh, I, yeah. I mean, at some, there's 10 minutes. There's plenty of time to try to get a victory. All right. And if it's going to get this bad, then maybe the NFL should adapt and put what they're putting for the playoffs with the field goal kickers and all that shit. Maybe they adapt that to the regular season. If that's happened, guess what? You're still risking injury. Oh yeah. At the end of the day, it's the regular season. If you can't get the job done, it's your, it's on your ass and it goes as a tie. And I'll tell you what, if, if there was a tie between the Bengals and the Steelers, it would make that AFC North so much like more interesting with like the half game difference and all that shit. Oh yeah. I mean, this is what happened in, in overtime. Okay. The Colts had a 13-play, 45-yard drive that ended in a missed field goal. By the way, field goals for uh, kickers this week were not great. Unless you're Ryan Suckup, who – oh, I mean, he technically missed Young one. Young anyway. Yeah, Young Hoku, true. And then uh, the Texans then had a 5-play, uh, 19-yard drive ended in a punt. And then pretty much there went most of the most of the, of the overtime. So kind of like, meh. You, you, <laughs> saw, you saw the video – what happened in Miami, right? Of which one? The the grill oh, the cars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, did I send you that? Because I I, I, I sent that to you someone. might have, but I already saw it before that. And <laughs> I mean, Trevor, Trevor, remind me here in the comments here. And I wonder how much of a big topic it was for Trevor on the radio today. I mean, I'm sure that was like Dolphins fans were ecstatic <laughs> about the win, but then yeah. Could That's you imagine if that – if yeah, you're like – you're happy. You, you beat the Patriots, you know, pretty much dominated them. 13 you go out cars. And, you know that, right? 13 cars. I, 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 I didn't know it was – I didn't know if it was 13 because I saw that one that was just – cars, yes. That was like KFC extra crispy. But like imagine being that, that fan. sucks. Yeah. That's why you don't leave your girls on. <laughs> well, that, 
do is probably hammer completely forgot. Fair. It is it is Miami. We just it is goes Miami. on in Florida. <laughs> I called Dolphins fans amateur hour for tailgating, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't wrong. <laughs> we both lost here, but I almost took them. I almost took the Giants to beat the Titans. If you remember, I had them 20 to 17. I said it was going to be a big running game. And for Saquon Barkley, it was a tremendous game. And Brian Dable did something that Joe Judge definitely would have done. He went for two. He went for the win. The Titans missed the field goal. And at the end of the day, you could say, well, the Titans missed the field goal. That's the only reason the Giants won. Well, the Giants, if they didn't go for two, then we're not talking about this. So we could play who, what, where, whatever. Uh Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it was a, a very, very big game. For Barkley, it's 164 yards on only 18 carries. It did have a 68 Shannon Sharp's going to be a Monday night football. That's kind of awkward, don't you think? Oh, a thousand percent. That's yeah. going to be like, uh, what, a Fox guy in ESPN? Be It'd like, be hilarious. He's like, tune in tomorrow, 9.30 Eastern times. Watch me and skip. <laughs> Recap this game. Yeah, yeah. and Pey- Peyton or Eli is just like, you just see him doing this, just like, shut up. No, nah, Peyton, you think Peyton cares? Peyton's the same guy. Eli's like, oh. we're going to send it over to Peyton. I can't hear shit. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that was that was funny, man. But Barkley had almost 200 total yards that game. Mm-hmm. That was that was a really really impressive game. If you can keep you know keep that going, you know it's gonna take the Giants some good places. But like I said, Brian Dable had the balls to actually go for two there. First game as a head coach. You know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he probably wanted to establish. You know, this is what we're like. We don't play safe here. Like we go for it. Well, you he know, did the right thing. Out. He went over to the defense. He asked, and the defense said, "Do it." That that's that's leadership, and that's that's what that's what a good head coach is. You you have to confirm with everybody. You know the offense is going to want to go for it. It's a matter of will the defense, you know, just to keep them alert. So if they convert, the defense knows what they're up for. And if they don't convert, they know what they're up for. You know what I mean? You yep. keep everybody involved, and it's just like a good work functioning like job. You keep everybody involved and let them know everything that's going on. Instead of it's like, boom. This happens, and you're like, "What the fuck? We we're not prepared for this. We don't have the material. We don't have this, that, yada yada." Yeah, but the Giants' defense felt like they were trying to give the game away there on that last drive. They had two holding penalties on th- on two separate third and fours, and to give them a first down. And then Tannehill threw that absolutely beautiful pass to Kay Phillips. I'm not sure the first name for 20 yards, and it really was a beautiful pass. When that happened, I'm thinking Giants are losing, but you know, uh. Randy Bullock, decide, Randy Bullock decided, you know, nah. Vikings beat the Packers 23-7 as Justin Jefferson has the best game of his young career so far. God damn. You know, maybe uh, – what's the word? Um, cover him? Maybe? Try? Yeah, Jahir like, Alexander you know, is still on the Packers, I'm pretty sure. I mean, what the hell happened? Jahir Alexander is supposed to be a top four. You know what, I think it was just a rough – like first week for a lot of corners in the NFL. Yep. With the he exception, got and like I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give credit to Darius Slay and James Bradbury because when you look at the receiving numbers for the Lions, I think St. Brown has 80 cent receiving yards. But I mean the the Brown the Lions had a lot of rushing from DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Oh, definitely. After this game, I wouldn't be surprised. I know it's be you know overreaction, but overreaction I wouldn't be surprised. Monday. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers maybe don't win this damn division the way how shit those receivers looked. I mean, there was a stat what 
however many total yards that they got for like from the receivers receiving wise was about, I think it was like just under a hundred. It was like maybe about 95, 97 or some reason that number comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams, you know, talk about that game later had way more than that just by himself. I mean, it's going to, it's going to be rough for the package because if they get behind with having lack of receivers, like unless that run game gets explosive runs and you can throw it to them constantly, you're screwed. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has no one to blame but himself. You wanted all that money, you then you get all yeah. this money. Guess what? Because you got all this money, we can't afford your number one option. So we're going to send him out to somewhere and prepare for our future because you only got a couple years left. So Aaron Rodgers has nobody to blame but himself. He's going to have oh, to yeah. figure this shit out with all these young guys. And sure, it doesn't help that he didn't have Alan Lazard, but not to mention Alan Lazard has brick hands. I think Jackie or Charlie would do a better job catching some of those balls from Aaron Rodgers than Lazard. Yeah. It's going to Alan, be shit. Yeah, Alan Lazard is the number three receiver on most teams. And if Mark he's Sanchez your number one, greater than Aaron Rodgers. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> okay, well, that's a, anyways. That's a no for me, but I mean, seriously, fucking Justin Jefferson, eight ca- or sorry, nine catches, one hundred eighty-four yards. I mean, the how, do you know who had the most or what the most receiving yards for a Vikings player was other than that? Randy Moss. No, I mean in in that game. Oh, oh. <sighs> Like what the total? For I, me, don't, like, I was don't want. For... I want to say Adam Thielen, but I feel like it's going to be an absolute yeah. nobody. No, it, it was Adam Thielen. He only had thirty six yards. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, some of those the uh, catches by Jefferson, bleh, by Justin Jefferson, he was wide open. No one was close to him. Hmm. Like to me, I know Adam Thielen is a you know pretty good receiver. Yes, but after a while, fucking double team Justin Jefferson and make Adam Thielen be you. And then if he can, which wouldn't surprise me if he could, yeah, then you live with it. But like, holy shit. That was terrible. Speaking of terrible, the Cardinals losing 44 to 21 at home is pretty fucking terrible. Patrick Mahomes, five total touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely say you kind of put me wrong because I thought it would be a little little bit of a lull not having Tyree kill anymore. I think I was a little wrong. <laughs> I want to make the argument here. I feel like this is a better offense that Patrick Mahomes has to work with this year than last year. And Juju Smith-Schuster is not better than Tyree kill. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is not better than Tyreek Hill. But you know what helps? Is that he has a second option at receiver. Uh-huh. It wasn't. Ju- it's always been the Tyreek Hill-Travis-Kelsey combo with maybe a hint of Sammy Watkins, with maybe a hint of McCall Hardman, with maybe a hint of Byron Pringle. But there is never that clear-cut two option. And Valdez-Scantling can hide behind Juju and make complimentary catches, catches when needed. But Juju Smith-Schuster is going to show everybody that he is what we all thought he could be. Not better than Antonio Brown, but a damn good option potentially be a number one receiver. And, of course, you have Travis Kelsey. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also had a great game. What a tremendous showing. And, again, I think so far and, again, it's only week one. And the Cardinals really have shaken up their defense. The only thing they had out there was Buda Baker, essentially. However... Uh I think we're going to see Mahomes, Juju, Kelsey, and Scantlin deep into the playoffs this year. Yeah, and they also drafted a receiver, Sky Moore. That's a rookie who's not – I don't think it's going to be that bad either. So, you know, you lose, like you said, you lose Tyreek Hill, but you get better depth-wise. So that was a very impressive game. I was shocked at how good Mahomes and that offense looked in week one. More power to you because they destroyed the Cardinals. And I don't I know if a- you saw – wait, did I did, – I don't know. Did I send this to you and? Where I actually saw it right when I got home. It was the um 
the last chance you football head coach, that one that was like really over the top, he was roasting um, Kyler Murray where there was a, one of the blitzes where he's like saying how like you should mark it as like a hot, like a hot read or you should move like the kind of like the tight end into block a little bit. And it was just like, it just didn't look good. Kyler Murray just looked That's like That's why I trash. want to bring up is that Kyler Murray looked like absolute dog shit. Kyler Murray was terrible. And honestly, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm really second guessing my decision. Kyler Murray might just meant to be play, playing baseball. I mean, this guy looked like he was completely unprepared for this game. James Conner did a lot of good. Should have kept that uh, studying uh, clause on his contract. James Conner performed pretty goddamn well, did everything he could. But Kyler Murray doesn't look like what he's getting. He doesn't look like he's worth any of that bottom dollar right now. And this is dating back into last season. This kid has got to get it together. Oh, yeah. Yep. I want to say he kind of relies on DeAndre Hopkins a little too much. I know Hopkins is an all-world wide receiver and one of the best in the game, but, I mean, holy shit. Like, you don't have terrible wide receivers on no. your team. Marquise yeah. Brown, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Mm-hmm. Green, there, Zach Ertz, he has options. Yeah, and it's just, just not a good game. It was bad. Not so, a good game for him. Yeah, um, I mean, all his, all his like, touchdowns, throwing-wise, one to Hollywood Brown, one to Zach Ertz, came essentially garbage time. It's when they were down – 37 to seven in the fourth quarter. Like you ain't coming back, you know, unless you're playing the Falcons, but yeah, unless you're playing the fucking Falcons. <laughs> um, and then the last of the four thirty games, 24, 19 Los Angeles chargers and Devante had a great game. And outside Devante Adams, Hunter Renfro couldn't get much going. Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs couldn't do nothing that much. Neither. Yeah. I mean, it, Herbert, Herbert looked pretty good. Devontae Adams, not all that shocking, looked pretty goddamn good too. Especially on that one uh, route that it was like kind of like a 20-yard catch. I know. It was to the, yeah. the left sidelines. Whoever – it was a Sante Samuel Jr. Sorry, man, you, that you had to go through that. How many times got, do you think Devontae oh, Adams got targeted? I mean, I, I'm actually looking at it. So, I have this stat. But, hey, come prepared with the ESPN app on this tablet. Right yeah, but <laughs> – yeah, but 17 times. That's like Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the Packers Yes. type numbers. Yes. 17, next closest was six. Darren Waller, I mean, whew. I mean, if Hunter Renfro could get it going and Waller can maybe be a little bit more like consistent because Waller wasn't that consistent this game, again, that, that team can be a, a big-time pain in the ass. That yes. is for sure. Yes. All right, time for the big news coming out of week one. This is the big news, and I'm prepared for this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Cowboys 19-3. After ah. all, after everything that happened, Kyle, all of our picks, you and I are tied right now. We are 6-7-1. We both have the Broncos tonight, so we could be 7-7-1 or 6-8-1. But the fact of the matter is, is Kyle and I are tied for week one. Now, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott said he's expected to have surgery today, which he did, and it was successful. On his right thumb, um, after he was injured in the season opening 19 to three loss to Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night, he's expected to miss six to eight weeks. Uh, and the injury will likely land him in the injured reserve, according to multiple sources, obviously. 
Uh, Prescott yep. was injured in the fourth quarter when he hit the hand of outside linebacker Shaq Barrett while throwing a pass. Prescott will meet with the Cowboys hand specialist Monday, but according to multiple sources, he will have a pin and plate <laughs> inserted into the area to stabilize the joint. Prescott yeah, said I... he initially thought, hold on. Prescott said he initially thought he jammed a finger and didn't believe it was serious, but he went to the locker for X-rays, which showed a fracture. The Cowboys will go with Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback beginning next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Will Greer is the team's number three quarterback, and he's currently on the practice squad. Now, it wasn't Ben DiNucci. It was Cooper Rush who filled in for Dak Prescott last year against the Minnesota Vikings and won while Prescott was out with the right calf uh, strain. Against the Buccaneers, Cooper Rush was 7 of 13 for 64 yards. When he played Minnesota, he threw for 325 yards, two touchdown passes, and a 20-16 to 16 win against the Vikings. Dak Prescott now falls to 2-5 and five in season openers in his career. He completed 14 of 29 passes for 134 yards, was intercepted once, and sacked twice while the Cowboys were held without a touchdown in the season open for the first time since 2001. Last time, the Cowboys scored fewer than six points in the season opener, which doesn't make fucking sense. It, it's a kind of contradiction here, I guess. Look at this. Held without a touchdown. Correction. I'm wrong. The last time the Cowboys scored fewer than six points in the season opener was September 10th, 1989, a 28-0 loss to the New Orleans Saints, which was the first game of Jerry Jones' tenure as owner and general manager in the debut of Troy Aikman and Jimmy Johnson. So let's say Dak Prescott misses the next eight weeks, Kyle. The next eight weeks, because that's what looking like timetable, six to eight weeks. Uh-huh. These are how the game's going to play out. This Sunday, they had the Bengals at home. L. Week three, they're on the road to face the New York Giants Monday Night Football. Most... I would probably lean towards an L, but they could win that game. That is winnable. Week four, they're home against the Washington Commanders. Tell the way they looked in week one, I'd go with Washington. Week five, they're going to head to L.A. to face the Rams. You're fucked. Week six, Sunday night football in Philly. Loss. Week seven, they're home against the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Lions looked pretty fucking good against the Eagles. Yeah. I would lean towards a get winnable game, but I would lean towards it being a loss. Week eight, they're home against the Chicago Bears. I think they'll win that. Yep, should. <laughs> they get a bye week nine, which is beautiful because that is week eight right there. In week 10, Dak should be back in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. So when I look at this here, Kyle, they're losing to the Bengals. It's up in the air with the Giants, but I'm going to give them the L, an L there. I'm going to give him an L against Washington. I'm giving them an L against the Rams. I'm giving them an L against Philly. I'll have them go lose against the Lions as well, and I'll have them beat the Bears. So I have them going one in six there. And, and fucking Christ, Skip Bayless has been reaching so much, man. He tried saying that Cooper Rush is better under pressure than Dak Prescott. And Shannon Sharp, I completely agree with you. You write that up, put it in a briefcase, and get your ass off the set and walk out the door. You stupid son of a bitch. How stupid yeah. could you sound? I like he in his heart of hearts, he really believes this shit, which is the sad part. Yep. And your, and, your dad, your dad's a Cowboys fan, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is he watching? I assume he is. Of course he is. He's always watching. Okay. Us. Wait, wait. Uh does that look good? <laughs> Kinda. Put that on a poster? Background of the computer, or maybe your phone. He wants to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Well, fuck uh, it. Put him on. A, put him on another team. Add it to the collection. When I, I mentioned, I mentioned this to um a guy at work that's a Cowboys fan, like because I thought okay, quarterbacks to come come to mind. If you don't want to go with what you got on your team, one of them, ask Niners. See what's up with Garoppolo. See the price. Another quarterback. It would take a little uh tweaking Anything? of the offense. No, the tweaking of the offense would be Cam Newton. He said, "Fuck like, you, Kyle." <laughs> be like that. Sometimes. I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be any tweak of the offense because I think Cam and Deck have similar play styles. They they do, but they they don't have like that Cam Newton package. They they don't use it at least. Like you know, there's one specific stuff that Cam Newton likes to do. Like you saw with the Pats when they were kind of like in the red zone, but yeah, yeah, it it. It just it's bad. It's it got real bad real quick for the uh for the Cowboys. But hey, Trayvon Diggs, you know, again, Mister um, what was he twentieth in the you know in in the in the rankings again? Wait, wait, oh my, my camera's over here. Yeah, look, yep, that's him there again. You know, but the defense tried their heart out. I mean, they kept just stopping Micah the Parsons, and giving up. Like field that's goals. what that's initially. Like I told you, that's initially why I took the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. The Buccaneers' offensive line is hurt. Micah Parsons played tremendous. Demarcus Lawrence played well. Van Der Esch was good. The secondary was poor for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think Joey, my buddy Joey, put it perfectly. Trayvon Diggs just focused too much on the INTs. He's not out there to play good coverage. He just wants the stat pad. Well, yeah, he, you got to start. He almost wants to try to beat the quarterback. Yeah. The door just closed. Yes. My parents uh, are home. Jackie and Charlie, they're in here. They walked back out and they closed the doors. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. I was just it like – scared the shit out of me too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it, he tries to like bait quarterbacks too much. And we're going against quarterbacks like the level of Tom Brady. I mean, ain't that stupid. No. <laughs> so he's going to he's gonna expose you. You saw the Julio Jones connection. It looked kind of nice. Godwin, although, is going to be hurt for a couple weeks, unfortunately yeah, the for them. But – Thankfully for them, they do have Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. They did pick up a you know, Russell Gage Russell in the offseason. So you got, you know, some weapons, you know, for the time being. But the guy that really that's really started how good he looked, Leonard Fournette, that 21 carries, 127 yards. There's one rush uh, that he had where he just absolutely bulldozed over uh, a Cowboys defensive back. It looked like went back in his almost like his LSU days. Yeah. But. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be real bad for the Cowboys. Who Even blame, if they had, who are you gonna blame? Uh, on um for the Dallas Cowboys because honestly, Zeke Elliott looked really good at the start of the game and he stopped getting the handoffs. Who do you blame for that? You gotta blame the blame the head coach because to me it's like I disagree. You gotta, but you gotta like if you're the head coach, you should have final say. Agree in everything, like and be like eventually. Okay, obviously the offensive coordinator has to obviously get some blame, but to me the head coach to me gets more because you have to put your foot down. I mean, McCarthy was, you know, always used to call and to call the offense against the Packers. And if Zeke is having a good game, tell them, tell the offensive corner, listen, get him more involved. He's doing good, but that's what I would go with. What's happening with that is date all the way back to last season. We talked so big about Kellen Moore and how great of an offensive corner he is and how we should take over the job for Mike McCarthy. The thing with the head coach is that you should always believe in your coordinators. If that was the case, I think the outcome would have been a lot different in New England. I think Belichick would have took over the play calling, and maybe we could have saw maybe another touchdown and a field goal attempt. And I get it's only week one, but here's the issue. What's gone with the Cowboys as it pertains to the passing and the rushing is dated all the way back to last season. Why, why you're paying Zeke 
top five dollar for running backs, and he's not getting the touches. Why? Yep. So the Dak injury, Kellen Moore has no one to blame but himself. It's just going to be rough even when they had Dak to me because, yes, you have C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, very, very good wide receiver. Dalton Schultz, you know, is emerging as a pretty damn good tight end. But it's not enough. They don't, they don't have yeah, someone that's to, the thing. to Absolutely. clear the space and go upfield. Don't have Amari Cooper. The Michael Gallup Washington, should be coming back. Yeah, they should not have traded Cooper for a fifth-round pick. If they had Amari, I think it would be a whole different fucking should have traded Cooper fucking period. It was stupid. It was just plain old stupid. The fact that the Vikings got more for Jalen Rieger than the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper, it shows that Jerry Jones needs to just fucking hand it over to his son or somebody else. And I I think it's a little ridiculous, too, that Jerry Jones is the one breaking. I think Jerry Jones needs the media more than the media needs Jerry Jones. He's media and uh, sunshine hungry. Yes. He likes the spotlight. spotlight yeah, he loves but, yep. the spotlight. It's not the Dallas Cowboys. It's Jerry Jones. Yeah, and you mentioned them losing James Washington. That's big, too, because and he would have been a pretty good wide receiver opposite of C.D. Lamb. How weird is it? How weird is it to hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football? Can't tell you. Don't hear the game. I know, but <laughs> once you hear the game, isn't it going to feel weird? Yeah, it's just odd. It's just is like, that, it's, like, look at this, dude. It looks, it, it doesn't feel right. It does not feel right in the slightest imagination. Yep, but it's gonna get real rough in in Dallas. It's gonna Russell get real Wilson's rough getting this year. Heavily. Hey, I'm not surprised. Brady got booed heavily in, in Foxborough. But he he got booed. Like, remember when Brady first came out of the tunnel and Brady was cheering him? Russell was getting oh, booed. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I remember. I was there. Lucky bastard. Tom Brady's now 7-0 all-time against the Cowboys. From this point forward, Dad, Joe, and Cowboys fans, you will refer to Tom Brady as one of three things. One, your owner. Two, your daddy. Or three, your God. (laughs) Isn't it going to be fun? Even if, especially this year, for every football team, whatever you're a fan of, even if your team does bad, your team does good, your team does mediocre mid-range. At least we got the Cowboys sucking ass for 68 weeks. Love it. Love and it. then beyond, too. You never know. He said a bitch. Well, that bitch is 7-0 against you. So who's the bitch now? <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to go through some of the injuries here. Okay. Allow me a days through, but the first one that pops up right away: Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins, the concussion. He's if mm-hmm. he's if he's still in this game, it could have been a different story. Maybe the Steelers end up losing. Definitely, easily. Dak Prescott, you got Tyler Boyd, but after that, hmm? obviously Dak Prescott and then Connor McGovern in safety. J. Ron uh, Curse left the games for the Dallas Cowboys. We know what's happening with Dak Prescott out six to eight weeks. And I skipped over the Baltimore Ravens. Kyle Fuller out for the year of the torn ACL. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know any that he was even hurt, honestly, until you mentioned that. But poor Ravens. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't the start of, you know, <laughs> same thing, different day like it was last year. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bucker briefly exited the game against Arizona with an ankle injury. Justin Reed came in and kicked the extra point and also the kickoff and kicked it over the, the post on the kickoff. Hell yeah. 
And Harrison Bucker hit a 54-yard field goal with, like, two steps in and kicking him to all this goddamn leg. Yeah, he didn't really even, like, plant that much on him. Like, he kind of no. jumped up a little bit before. that. That's an impressive kick. But, Justin, I mean, the fact that you have that on your team, I know it's going to be a very rarely, if ever, used thing. But the fact that you have a safety that can kick the ball off like that, I mean, damn. <laughs> yeah, so right now, fantasy owners are cringing at some of these names. Here, I'll give you another one. Keenan Allen, hamstring, was ruled out against the Raiders. That mm-hmm. is discouraging, not only for fantasy fans, but for the Chargers. Mike Williams played like dog shit, and the Chargers still came out with the victory. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, let's see. Miami Dolphins, TJ. Austin Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got I got like a list. I got a list. Oh, here. I'm oh, going through this no whole stone. fucking thing. So the Patriots, Mac Jones, which we found out X-rays were negative, and he shall be okay. And then Adrian Phillips hit a rib injury. Mm-hmm. And I believe that came off of the tackle on Tyreek Hill, or was that a corner who eventually went back into the game? I think it was off Tyreek Hill, but it was weird. I wonder, like, specifically what the injury was because he was down for a while. I so it wasn't one of those things where, like, you know. Could have gotten know, the wind knocked out of him. But it seemed like he was down for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, because normally, like, for, you know, if you got the wind knocked out of you, you're, like, you're down for me, like, 30 seconds, a minute, and then you're good, and then you kind of jog off on his on your own. I don't know what it was, but it, I was surprised because he was down for a while. I'm like, who is that? And I saw his Ian Phillips. I'm like, shit. He's an important player. The Steelers got the worst end of it here. TJ Watt, uh, tore, uh, pectoral injury, probably a torn pec. He, you could see him out off. I tore my pec. Najee Harris with a high ankle sprain. And they, they had they had more, too. Um, Levi Wallace, their corner, and center Mason Cole and ankle. A lot of ankle injuries for the Steelers, and they still prevailed 23-20. But not having TJ Watt is really going to fucking suck. Oh, yeah, it's going to – it can really, really screw them. And Najee Harris should be good. I saw he should be good to play against the Patriots. But losing TJ Watt, I mean, that guy, first if not second best defensive player in, in the league, and he was just destroying in that uh, game. Whoa. First? Yeah, for first someone, or second. Someone that's been so high in Aaron Donald, you actually had the courtesy to say first or second? Yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, because you can definitely make wow. – I feel like Aaron Donald is, is better, but you can make the argument for Well, T. I'm J. glad Watt. because last year I wasn't allowed to make the argument that T.J. Watt was defensive player of the year, in which I was correct. Yeah, false. Incorrect because he actually has the award. I am correct. Yeah, it's like I will be correct all the way by week 18, and you'll be getting me a Mac Jones jersey. Yeah, youth size. You size your fucking bitch. That shit better be brand new in the fucking package, you dirty bastard. Yeah, right. 49ers, Eli Mitchell knee injury. He has been he's gonna miss about two months worth of action. Um well Debo Samuels Debo Samuel will take up all those fucking touches anyway. So I mean it's not really yeah, or the, it's or a loss, the, but it's not a big loss, I think. Yeah, that that, that offense just shits out. I was out gonna say and, thousand yard wide running always right. finds a way with Multiple running backs, so I'm not worried if oh. I'm a 49ers fan. I'm worried if I'm a fantasy owner, though. That fucking sucks. Godwin's going to miss time with a hamstring injury, and Donovan Smith, who's allowed only one sack last year, elbow, is mm. out against the Dallas Cowboys. Swiss cheese that offensive line for the Bucks again. Yep. Brady's probably like, fuck, I got discarding me? Yep. Hopefully Jack Mason don't get hurt. Yep. <laughs> and that's just about it for injuries. Yep. So, I mean, we'll definitely be back on Thursday, but before we leave, let's talk a little baseball. Thank fucking God we took two out of three against the Rays, Kyle. 
thank God we took two out of three. And not only did we take two out of three, but we dominated. Six runs in the first inning off of Corey Kluber. Glaber Torres had a series of his fucking life. Kyle, a big sigh of relief heading into the off day today. And then tomorrow it's back in Boston where they go for three games against the Red Sox. Yeah, I love I love the decision of pitching Jermon for a short outing, but I'm also worried because you know how Devers and Cole get with each other in Fenway. And we know how Cole gets in Fenway. So I'm a little worried tomorrow night. Yeah, but you got to, you know, if he's your ace of the staff, you got to believe in him no matter how bad it looks, you know, how terrible he normally is at a particular stadium or against a particular team. You got to believe in him. But wasn't that against the, series, or the game against the Rays where there was a terrible, like, two-strike calls against um, Glaber Torres? Yes. yes, that was on Saturday or Friday night. Which is just like – that. Th- those calls is, are why people say there should be robo-ums because you have ums that are that fucking stupid to call those strikes. Now, like, this this is terrible. This is from last year, Kyle. Uh-huh. And obviously the numbers are up more because he had a bad outing again at Fenway. Garrett Cole has a 506, and this was October 5th of last year. It worries me, man. It worries me. I mean, I, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely understand. It worries me too. When I was at hell, when I was at that that game, Devers just worries me, period. I don't mm-hmm. care he's going up against Cole. He just worries me, period. Because it, it's honestly, I saw someone say this on, on Twitter too that it's like, it's almost like the for Devers comes up to play. It's almost like the feeling when it's getting to that level that when David Ortiz would come up to the play, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> here yeah. this guy comes up. Like when he comes up with a big time hit, big clutch hit, home run, whatever it is, you're not surprised. You're more surprised when it doesn't happen. That's when you got a great player on your hands. The Red Sox, you probably should sign a guy, but you know, whatever. Holy shit, Mike Trout's hit seven games in a row with a home run. He's sure. one away from tying the MLB record. That's the best oh, yeah. player in the fucking Angels, folks. Yeah. How I'll say the... it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> I still can't get over that. Uh, the thing that people are still saying that, like, Judge can't win MVP because it's stuff with Otani and not pitching. It's just, like, it's fucking stupid. Well, Judge has a zero race to so suck my dick, all you fucking haters. That is true. I do like the way. Now, going into next year, there will be a pitch clock. The bases will increase in size from 15 to 18 inches. And I believe I'm missing something else, Kyle. Wasn't um the defensive shifts, right? The shifts. So we're still going to see the shifts. It's a matter of we're not going to see players in the outfield, which I'm cool with because I'm annoyed with how a left-hand batter could hit a good shot into the outfield and the second baseman's right there to make the throw first. That just that's like the one that pisses me off the most. Everything else, I with as it pertains to shift. I guess, but I mean, you're still going to find the way because shortstop is going to play as close as he can to second base and third base is going to slide over to shortstop anyways. It's not going to take away a ground ball. However, I'm a fan of doing something to get more offense because I'll tell you what really is pissing me off. This isn't fucking slow pitch softball. This is major league baseball. There should be no goddamn reason why there's four outfielders. No reason. It infuriates yeah. me to see something like that. Everybody's like, well, why don't you just slap a base hit down the line? It's like, yeah. why? Why should someone have to force feed to do that? Yeah. It's, it just it and makes they say base, lay, they like say baseball lay down a bunt. They say lay down a bunt like it's easy. These pitchers are more athletic than they were when I first started watching the game. 
I started watching him was like fucking five years old, 20, 22 years ago. And they throw right. way harder. Yes. Too. So that's like pretty goddamn hard. Try hitting a, you know, a typical fastball going like high 90s, like yep. and getting good bunt. That in, in and of itself is fucking and, and the, the pitch that went absolutely viral in spring training with you, Darv's just slider where it started here. Yeah, it's good. Good luck. But I'm yeah. happy though with the pitch clock because I've seen it in effect. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not a Yardo significant game. difference. It's not really going to throw the pitchers off the rhythm. Some of them like to work fast. Some of them like to work slow. I mean, that's oh, yeah. why they got the pitch comp. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not objected to the pitch clock. I'm not. Yep, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. All right. Well, last thing to talk about is those New York Mets. They end up blowing their first place lead. They were up by as much as 10 games back in June, but of course it's the world series defending champions, the Atlanta Braves. The Mets did get it back and now lead the Braves by one and a half games. The Mets have to, to have to win the division. Cause I'll tell you why. And the wild card's the best of three. You're going to have to use DeGrom and Scherzer. You cannot afford to start a new series. And it's not like he's shitty, but Bassett isn't at the same level. And let's say they have to use Bassett because they go to the game three. Then you're talking about Tyvon Walker being your starter for game one. You're in a complete disadvantage. They have to hold off the Braves. And honestly, Lindor's doing well. Starling Marte is doing well. Jeff McNeil's been hitting the shit out of the ball. Pete Alonzo needs to get it together. How bad has he been recently? I think I heard something last Friday or Thursday. Don't directly quote me. But at one point he was hitting – he got two hits in his last 25 at-bats. By the that way, if you're wondering, it, they're down 3 nothing to the Cubs right now. You cannot afford to lose to the fucking Cubs. DK, yeah. it's reception. Sorry, I, I have DK. In my oh. I need to win. So, it's all good. I, as long as the Broncos don't do too, too good, I might be able to win in both fantasy leagues, so – well, Which I, was surpri- I was surprised I even we're gonna won. Ta- we're going to tie anyways. I was going to say, well, our bet. But I mean, we'll tie anyways, win or loss. But yeah. I'm sure you don't give a fuck about the Mets. So what are your hopes for the Yankees before we come back on Thursday? Well, I mean, I don't mind. I don't really care about the Mets, but it's not bad seeing both New York teams do do good. But Of course. But for the, for the Yankees, just more just keep, keep momentum going. Because it feels like there's, you know, you, you're getting momentum. You know, Smith could- looks good. Oh shit! Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying he's looking good. <laughs> but I like that the that the Yankees are starting to look good. You're starting to see like Glaber start to get, you know like really ready to go. And like you mentioned, he looked really good. IKF. Uh, I think I, we said or I said it right at the end of the of the podcast, or maybe it was like right after we stopped about him hitting the grand. Oh my slam. god! Yes, it was and right then, at and, the end. Too. And then he and then he hit the grand the grand yeah. slam, which was comical. Yeah, and of course I was, he, I was like, he yeah, batted cleanup. Yeah, he then batted cleanup the next game. Yeah, he, the which next was, couple of games, it was like a little like, overboard. Yeah, I, I saw that and showed it to some of the guys that I work with that are Yankees fans too, and they're all like, "What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, come on! Yeah. Like, that's a little that's a little stupid." <laughs> Kyle, I'm going to be honest. I really thought about it. Mm-hmm. The Yankees have really struggled in the second half. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to put fucking money on it that Aaron Boone was in control of the lineups for the first half of the season and Cashman's been in charge of the second half. Mm. I'm willing to put fucking money on it. 
It wouldn't surprise me because Cashman does like to control stuff. Yeah, that that's fucking sure. stupid nerd. Excuse my language. I can't. St- I hate Brian Cashman. I mean, this guy uh, gets all the credit for what happened in the 90s when it was Gene Michaels' team. And it's so annoying. He had nothing to do with building that that Yankees dynasty, that core. He had nothing to do with it. Fair. Jeter hated him. (laughs) Yeah, Jeter just made amends with him recently. (laughs) I wonder how much of amends it really was, That doesn't speak about Brian Cashman. I don't know what else will. But I am glad to hear Rand Levine say that Judge will be a lifetime Yankee. Like, he put it like that. They'll give him whatever the fuck he wants, rightfully so. They better. Because like he's, I said, he's it, doing things that that yeah. Babe Ruth was doing. Kyle, when you're in the same talks with Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Maris, and A Rod, you fucking lock that man up. Yeah, he's almost he can pot- potentially get the triple crown. Yes, with yes. having as many home runs as he has, which was 55, 56. Yeah, and he has uh, just over 120 RBIs, I believe, and he's batting. Touchdown. 300. Oh, shit. To who? Will Disley. Mm, good, 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 good start. But let's, I just want to like quickly just look at some of Judge's stats at the same sure. would, would like to load. Okay, he's batting 307, 55 RBIs, 121 RBIs. He has a 1.09 OPS. He is why the Yankees are the way they are. Judge scares the shit out of every pitcher. I don't care who it is. Like, good God. And I know if we would pull up his whole stats. That's all right. He's stealing. He's stealing. Well, I'm saying he's batting 307. But I'm looking and trying to see what he has for stolen bases. 16 stolen bases. 16 now. Yeah, which is pretty goddamn impressive for a guy of his his size. He has 87 walks. You know, it's just like. The guy's doing it all. It's just like you so, better sign him because if you don't, Cashman will get destroyed by Yankees fans. And I'll be right there because that shit would piss me the fuck off. You better sign Judge. From 10 to 1 in the AL, the batting average goes as Guriel with Toronto, Diaz with Tampa Bay, Alejandro Kirk with Toronto at 8, 298, Andre Jimenez at 299 with the Guardians, Ben Intendi, then Judge. Nate Lyles ahead of Judge at 308, Abreu at 310, Ariz at 315, and Bogart at 319. 319! Anyways, Bogart, I hope you go 0 for 16 the next three Fair. games. I'm eliminating yeah. fancy now, so I don't give a shit about Bogarts anymore. Oh, damn, really? How? What? Just bad? bad, uh, bad because game? Bob Clark decides that he picks up six pitchers every day, and then I decide to do the same thing as him, and God forbid I picked up Corey Kluber on Saturday. Mm, you hate to see it. Negative 26 points. How pissed were you? Like, I know you were obviously being a Yankees fan. You liked it. But, like, the fantasy part of you, like, like which – were you more happy or sad? Happy. Happy. Because the Yankees offense yeah. has been uh, been spiraling downhill. So, to see yeah. that, I was happy. It, it was single, single, single. Well, I, had, nice. I had Judge and Stanton yeah. on my team. So, it almost counteracted everything out. Yeah. But it's just like the fact that it was just a bunch of base hits and not just a ton of home runs. It's just like it should like wake up the team and be like, you don't always have to go for the bomb. Yes. Just get a hit. It works. I'm also glad that DJ LeMahieu thinks more about the team than himself. He said that there's no point of having me out there just to be a body. He's right. 
if you can't play like DJ LeMahieu, then why not give someone like Miguel Andujar a chance, Oswaldo Cabrera a chance? Let Donaldson – and Donaldson's been good since coming back. Maybe that's all I need was to, you know, could have been long nights with the wife, you know? Yeah, He's too busy pregnant. pumping a kid out. Yeah, exactly. Pull, trying to pull a Zach Wilson maybe. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Zach, well, Zach Wilson ain't married. I know, but yeah. Jose Trevino's coming back from the paternity list. Maybe he'll start playing really good again. Hopefully so. But before Kyle continues to talk about mothers, I think we should end this show, folks. (laughs) So Kyle and I will be back on Thursday. Same time, 7.15, unless I have another fucking softball game. We did get eliminated last Thursday, Kyle. However, Torrington's still happening. So we'll see. How, um, what was the score, I mean? Last Thursday? Yep. Well, mind you, we had seven people that didn't make it from our team, and Deuces was nice enough to let us bring in a bunch of fill-ins, but, you know, our fill-ins were okay. And you, and, what, why couldn't people show up? They just, like, had other stuff going on? Well, that's why I'm here, because my stepdad went to Texas for a softball tournament on a different team he's on, and his dad's also part of our team. He went to go with vacation, but they gave the notice. Um, we had a buddy, my buddy, Frank, who ripped off his hamstring and one drive isn't sign in one drive can go fuck itself. Um, he ripped his fucking hamstring apart and then he went to go celebrate his anniversary with his girlfriend. Then we had two at the concert and someone went to Cape Cod lesson learned traveling bandits plan your vacations in October. Lesson learned. <laughs> Fair. That's it. Damn. Four, four for four, 71 yards, you know, huh? I hear you, but we should maybe Russell Wilson was the re- maybe Russell Wilson was the real problem for uh, Seattle. Shut the hell up, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of this show. For Kyle talks more blasphemous to talk about moms even more. So again, I'm Robbie. That's Kyle. If you listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, thank you. Share that link. If you listen on Twitch, thank you. Tell your buddies who have a Twitch to come follow us. Kyle, any last words before we sign off? Nope, I'm hungry. All right, Kyle's going to eat food. I'm going to watch football. Good night.